I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Nadine Haruni, author of Free to the Frog Gets a Divorce. How do you explain to a child that mom and dad will no longer live together? Dealing with divorce can be very confusing and challenging for children. Nadine Haruni presents a story to assist families adjusting to a new family dynamic and the often overwhelming feelings that surround it. Owing to the fact that approximately 50% of marriages end in divorce, it's helpful to have a children's book that explains what divorce is in a simple way. It also engenders empathy in kids whose parents are not divorced to better understand what their friends are going through. In this first book of her Free to the Frog series, the story centers on young Franny and Frank and their parents, Frida and Fred, who inevitably inevitably go through a divorce. They learn that both parents will still love them even if they don't live together. The little tadpoles also discover that they are not alone and that tadpoles at school also have divorced parents. Uh, Nadine Haruni is an award-winning children's book author, and along with writing and parenting, she is a practicing attorney and a certified yoga instructor. Welcome to the show, Nadine. Nice to have you on. Thank you so much, Catherine. I appreciate you having me on. Okay. Award-winning author, attorney, yoga instructor. You're very, very busy. but (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah. I am. You are. And with all your kids, too. But let's start. Okay, so this is a book. This is the first in the series of the book. And as I understand it, it's, I mean, it's not a memoir, but it's kind of reflects your own life, right? And then you go on to write other books in this series that reflect what's happening with you um, in terms of blended families and and, and um, everything that happens to all of us once we can, when we, once we uh get a divorce. And I've been through that myself. So really interested in the book. This book is for little kids, right? Toddlers, elementary school kids. Um, yes, it is. Uh, so, so the first book, yes, it's, it's written for toddlers, elementary school kids, but the message is sort of, I guess you could say sophisticated in this book and all of the books. So I've had feedback from older kids that they've enjoyed it. Um, this very first book is actually, ironically, was written for my mom, who's the original Frida. And I originally wrote the draft when I was taking a writing and illustrating children's book course back in 1998 at a local college. And because she was going through a divorce and it was actually reflective of her situation at the time, as it turned out, I I didn't know how to get it published. And then many years later, I went through my own divorce and I felt that there were not a lot of There were other books out there. There were just none that really related to me and resonated with my kids, and that kind of motivated me to try to try to get a publisher, which I ultimately ended up doing. And hence, the first Frida book came out. So, fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. Are we still in a place? uh, Obviously, your book is relevant, where kids still feel like they're the outsider and that they're the odd man out, and that that they're different because their parents are going through the divorce because half the people or half the couples are half are getting a divorce. I mean, have things, I think things have changed or have sort of evolved in terms of kids feeling left out. Um, now I guess it's different with, let's say toddlers because their world is just very circumscribed. Mom and dad are not together. That's, uh, they're not really right. At, yeah. I think that, yeah, I think you're right. It's, it is a very common thing today. Sometimes people don't like to talk about it. And 
it's unfortunately a reality. Uh, uh, 50% of marriages or so end up in divorce. I think for younger kids, they don't really have the words and parents and teachers don't really know how to open up the conversation, which is what my books are really designed to do. They're designed to be sort of tools in a parent or teacher or psychologist toolkit to open up a conversation in a non-threatening way by telling a story about these frogs. It's colorful, even with older kids who are going through this to help them feel that they're not alone and that it's not completely going to be the end of the world. They just have mommy and daddy living in two separate places. But I also think it depends on their particular situation. I mean, my kids, uh, my son, even two kids, two different stories. My son happened to have several friends around the same time who were getting divorced. So he didn't feel so much like an outcast. My daughter, on the other hand, when she was little, felt very alone because she just didn't have any friends whose parents were divorced or getting divorced. So she felt like she was the only one, even though in the reality was she clearly was not. Well, one of the things you just said, it opens up the conversation and two different kids have two different experiences. I, I, uh, that's true. But what about parents? Because the way this way Free to the Frog story ends is that mommy and daddy live on, you know, dad lives in a different lily pad and everybody gets along. But what about in situations where that doesn't happen, where there's fighting and custody battles and those kinds of things. So how does the book fit into that context? So the book is really, obviously, it's not going to be applicable to every single situation and everybody's situation, since, since really no two situations are alike. It's just meant to be a conversation starter for the kids who are basically reminding kids that it's not their fault. And for whatever the reason is, mommy and daddy couldn't live together anymore. And obviously, every situation is going to be different. But it's meant to sort of get them to open up and start talking about their feelings and recognize that they didn't bring this on, that their parents still love them. And then it's really up to the parents in terms of how they conduct themselves from there. I mean, every some some situations are more contentious than others, obviously. I know in my particular situation, even if my ex and I had things going on, and we, let's say, we're not having the best of moments. We did in front of the kids, especially my kids were very, they were one and one and four at the time when we split up. We just tried to keep it amicable and friendly when we were together in front of the kids so that they wouldn't feel more stressed or grief about this than they already needed to. So I think the onus then becomes on the parents to try to make the kids feel better to the extent that they can and not really involve them in their fights or situation. I think one of the things you said in the book, which I think is an important feeling, I think that a lot of kids do feel, no matter what's happening with the divorce or between the parents, is is sad. The kids feel sad. And I think that's really an important right. emotion to address. And that sort of stood out for me when I was reading Freedia the Frog Gets a Divorce. Yeah, that sadness. Um, and I, that's sometimes overlooked. And I think maybe I overlooked that with, with my kids. And I have three kids, too. And when I went through the divorce, they all reacted differently. But one of the things they said, and I've said this on the show before, was we know it's not our fault. It's yours and dad's fault. <laughs> not our fault. <laughs> and uh, right. that's true. They were a little older than your kids. Not that much older, but yeah, they were older. Um, so yeah, every kid has a different reaction. But dealing with that sadness, that's hard. And and, and some kids really, um, sometimes they I think they need counsel. I don't know about toddlers, but counseling or uh, therapy to to deal with some of those yeah yeah emotions and this yeah. is a jumping off point and for look, that I'm yeah. not a, right and I'm not a, obviously I'm not a therapist I'm I'm writing as a parent who has been there before but 
the books, my books at least, are designed to, well, to show the characters' emotions, that they are feeling sadness or having questions, and to try to encourage kids to ask those questions, to allow them to feel what they're feeling. If they feel sad, let them feel sad. If they try to encourage them to open up, whether it's a therapist, whether it's their parent, a teacher, a trusted friend or adult. And also books like this are, aside from the kids going through these situations, designed to be read to other kids to make them more aware that of what maybe their friend's plight is and going through. Because a lot of kids are especially when they're younger, insular, and they have, they only know about their world. They may not realize that there's different types of families out there or that other kids have different kinds of family situations. So it's reminding kids that no two families are alike as well. Yeah. And it prepares your kids for answering the questions that maybe their friends, you know, little kids will ask questions. Why don't your parents live together? Or why don't mommy and daddy live together? So it sort of gives them some, empowers them in a way, or it can empower them. Right. I think, yeah, I think the other thing your book does, it, which people, or sometimes parents, adults, teachers, they don't want to normalize divorce. Well, divorce is here and probably and here to stay, and and it do, it normalizes the divorce for the kids. Here's a book, Free to the Frog Gets a Divorce. It, this this happens, and I think that's really important. I think is it's it's important. You know, as you said. Um, friends, family, they like to stay away from the topic, they feel uncomfortable, we do have to normalize divorce, no matter how difficult exactly. it is. Yeah. I exactly. That's- and that's why Frida, she tries to, well, first of all, a lot of people don't know this, but her name, there's sort of a hidden meaning, which is, I spelled it that way as opposed to the traditional way it's spelled, because it's the word free is in there to encourage kids and feel and parents to be free to have these conversations. But all of the conversations I talk about, different types of families, different issues kids face are all topics that a lot of parents and kids maybe feel uncomfortable bringing up or opening up about. So there shouldn't be, whether it's a, whether it's a different type of family or whether it's a issue that kids face, in my opinion, there shouldn't be a uh, inhibition or stigma associated with it, which, which a lot of kids and even parents so it's it's really designed to sort of normalize these everyday situations or issues that kids might face to make it more, uh, I guess, a, pa- a place where they don't feel so self-conscious about it and their other friends can be aware and not have it be a, a thing or a stigma. Yep. It's not the elephant in the room. Uh, right. Right. We don't. Right. <laughs> it's the frog, right? That, that can talk. It's the frog in the room. Exactly. It's the frog in the room. That's what you wanted to be, right? Right. Yeah. So, right. you've because this is the first book in the series, so mm-hmm. I, I assume you've had some obviously really good responses. Uh, hence, you've written, you know, the other books when you actually go through the divorce, um, and then you get to you have now you have a blended family, as I understand it, right? You're right. Remarried, and right. you have. Five kids? We have five kids, yes. I, I came into the marriage with two little kids, and my husband had three older kids. That's a challenge. It is. Uh, I was lucky, and obviously every situation is not going to be like a Brady Bunch kind of situation, but I was lucky that my my three, I call them my daughters, but my three stepdaughters, they were younger at the time. Now they're older in their 20s, but they were very receptive and wonderful and loving from right from the beginning. And they really embraced my kids 
as well. And my kids, it was a big, big age gap. So I think maybe some families, they might, kids are the same age. It might bring some challenges and there's competition or the kids don't get along or stuff. But my kids, my kids looked up to them because they were older and my older daughters looked sort of at them as that they were cute little kids. So we really all, it really kind of was one big happy family from the beginning. So we were lucky. I know most situations are not like that. It was an adjustment living together when we first moved in together, just because we all had lived very differently. My kids and I lived in the city. We were used to our way of doing things. They had, my husband and his girls had lived in the suburbs and they were used to their way of doing things. So just like anytime you live with someone new, it's an adjustment, but it was, it was after we kind of got used to everybody's way of living, it was kind of smooth sailing. So how did you do that? How do you navigate those waters? Because that's really difficult. I mean, that's probably an understatement, uh, blending two families. And you, you say live very, lived in very, you know, suburbs, living in the city. Um, yeah, the easier part is probably the older kids and the younger. They're not competing for the same stuff, which is good. But uh, so how do you navigate those waters so that it becomes smooth sailing? So I, I mean, in my, and obviously everybody has their own approach. We just tried to be very loving to all of them. We, when we, when we uh, were looking for houses, we looked for places that had, where everybody would have their own space so that we wouldn't be on top of each other and nobody would feel resentful towards the other that all of a sudden, let's say you're being forced to share a room with this person, a sibling who's much older, much younger than you. Luckily, we were able to find something within our budget that was, gave everybody enough space. We also tried to be just very supportive to each other's kids and not take the place of their other parent. So my girls, the, you know, the older girls had a, a mom who lived not too far away who they were very close with. I didn't try to be their mom. I, I mean, again, cause they were older. So I was sort of more like a friend to them from the get go. And even though I'm a, their stepmom and stuff, and I know we're, we're very close, but I never, there was no, threat to the relationship with their mom. And I think my husband did the same thing. There was no, my kids were younger, so he had to sort of take on a more paternal role with them because they did need some structure and guidance he would get from a dad. And they did primarily live with us, but he also wasn't trying, he he wasn't trying to take the place of their dad. And neither of us ever negatively talked about our spouses in front of the other kids or my husband would never say anything negative about my ex. I would never say anything about negative to his ex in front of the girls. Whether whether or not something happened that we were thinking it was another story, but we would never say anything negative or trash talk the yeah. child's other parent because I think that's a recipe for disaster as well. Yeah, so what do you do with those emotions? Because, yes, you don't want to be trashing the other parents, and that doesn't that does nothing to help the kids adjust to this new relationship. Then how do you kind of what how do you as parents and step parents deal with those emotions with with each other because you're you're sort of not being able to say how you perhaps really feel about the other right parent and so you kind of have to stuff that in so what do you did right. what did yeah what did you to do to get those I, feelings out i mean I mean, we would just either, you know, vent to each other. We could vent to our friends. I mean, if all else fails, I think have some chocolate. <laughs> but, I mean, really, we would just kind of air out whatever we were feeling with each other mostly. 
or close friends just as a, as a place to vent and get the feelings out, just not put it on the kids because they don't really need that. So, and just try to provide a loving home for all of them and not make any, nobody's kids retreated. You know, we treated them all like they were our kids. We would just say our kids. I wouldn't, let's say, even if we were out with people, I wouldn't say, these are my stepdaughters. These are, this is just all of our kids and treated them all like they were our kids. I mean, I, always wanted actually more kids. So I, I looked at my relationship with my husband when I met him and he had three girls and I met them and they were really wonderful from the get go that wonderful. I get three bonus kids without having to go through pregnancy, <laughs> which wasn't <laughs> Sounds so fun, good so. to me. Maybe it's the easy way out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone should get divorced. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, what uh, expectations, that's the word that comes to mind. I guess you have to prepare. What are the expectations? I mean, do you prepare the kids, maybe backtracking a little bit. Okay. So you have your, your two kids, they're young, your husband's to be, his kids are much older. Do you prepare them like in terms of expectations, like what they, so that they're not just jumping into the situation sort of feet first into the waters and not having any idea of what they're getting into? We did. We did. I mean, and that's why in each facet of my life that we went through, for example, the second book, which is Free to the Frog and Her New Blue Family, talking about blended families. And then the next one talks about Free to the Frog is on the move, where we moved moved into a new home and moved out of the city in a new environment and new schools. All of these situations brought about major changes, which were good places to have conversations for us. And, and my impetus for writing all these books was because I wasn't exactly sure how to find the right words exactly, start these conversations with the kids and, and recognize what they were feeling and sort of put it out there, which I figure a lot of other parents were probably experiencing as well. So that's why I thought it was really important to do. So we did we did address it. And even initially, let's say if when we moved in together, maybe if something minor happened and somebody was, let's say, missing their old school or whatever, missing their friends and stuff like that. I mean, luckily we didn't move too far where people could, where the kids could not see their friends, their friends from their former schools and stuff like that. So we did try to address everything and did try to be empathetic and recognize what we thought they would be feeling to encourage them to, to open up and say, I know this isn't so easy. It'll get better. It'll get easier. So, I mean, it wasn't all rainbows and roses, of course, but Eventually, everybody kind of got into a groove, and we, we, you know, we did try not to compare anyone to each other because obviously no two kids are alike, and we didn't want to put that on them. And it kind of fell into place naturally after that. What the whole series, and today we're talking about Free to the Frog gets a divorce, but I, I would imagine that when you read your book, any one of those books in the series, a parent, parent should be prepared to not just read the book and say, okay, I've done my job and put it back on the shelf, that the book really is a jumping off point. You've got to be prepared for, okay, now let's talk about the book. Let's have some, you know, I would, it seems to me, not just read the book and I've done my job and I've provided you with, uh, I've educated you. No, it's not just that. It has to go, it, it is literally the jumping off point for getting into these feelings and issues that, uh, you know, the kids are, are, are suffering, well, could be suffering from or that are feeling. 
Right, exactly. I and that's uh, I like to use jumping off point. No pun intended, right? Yes, right. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the as the books went on, I sort of got smarter and uh, I guess figured out certain things that would be important to include in the book. So, with the exception of the first book, books two through five have discussion questions at the end partially talking about the story itself and the characters itself and trying to get kids to discuss what, why, they, why a character said this or what, what a character might have been thinking. And these are also the discussion questions. I think I include maybe five or six questions. They're also meant to get the conversation started and to give parents a starting point to continue the conversation and, and kind of relate it to what their kids are going through. Yeah, I think that's critical. Um Parents, I think sometimes, not all parents, but many parents, uh, feel guilty about the divorce themselves. And I think that that's, to me, that's one of the issues that maybe comes up. I don't know if it comes up with the with their kids, you know, depending how old the kids are. But uh, that, that guilt that parents have for getting a divorce, maybe I shouldn't have done this, and maybe I should have stayed with my ex, and uh, here I am getting married again and all, all those issues. And I think they impact the relationship with their children. Yes, I, I, I do. I mean, I think, yeah, these, it does. And I think a lot of times the parents just have to, I mean, the parents are going through their own things as well and, and, and maybe having their own kind of mixed bag of, of emotions as well. And they could clearly use uh, talking to people, but the, um, the the books, yeah, I mean, the books could make parents think about some some somewhat of a way they handle themselves and some of their own feelings as well. So, free, we only have a few minutes left, and because uh, you know, I it's I think it's important that our listeners know that this is a whole series, and this is the first book in the series. So, um, are, right. are you going to write a book every stage of your life, whatever happens, and then <laughs> put it into the Free to the Frog <laughs> series? Probably Free to the Frog goes. Free to the Frog goes through menopause, maybe. In That's right. <laughs> no, exactly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> menopause but, yeah, and Yeah, my plan, yeah. <laughs> exactly. My plan is, I mean, the first five topics loosely covered in this book are, uh, the series thus far are divorce, uh, blended families, and diversity. Third one is moving and any kind of changing schools, life changes. We have a fourth one is losing a pet and loved ones and, and talking about that and the fifth one talks about, well, the LGBTQ community, but also just reminding kids that there could be all types of family situations out there. So that's been the first five, which are all things that me and my family have actually gone through or, or topics I felt were important to sort of help others, help others find the words and ways to open up the conversations. I do plan to write a half a dozen more books, at least about things that are everyday things. I mean, some, some having to do with different families, such as, let's say, adoption, but some might be about a uh, parent returning to work, having a new baby sibling, uh, special needs kids. So other kind of more mainstream, let's say, issues or families or topics. I, at the moment, sort of put writing my future Freda books on hold because I just recently signed a book deal for a middle grade fantasy series, which is totally separate from Frida. So I have the first book of the three done. <laughs> so when those three are done, I'm going to kind of get back to finishing my Frida series. Great. I'm going to look, I'll be look, reading the Frida series and then looking forward to this new book. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> yeah, great. All right. So now <laughs> tell us specific, you know, where are the websites or and or websites that we can go to, to 
get more information about what you're doing and also about the Free to the Frog series? Sure. So the easiest place to go is my website, which is Frida, F-R-E-E-D-A, the frog, all one word, dot com. Uh, the, the books are also sold on every major book distributor, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, pretty much anywhere where books are sold. And you can also ask your local bookshop or, or library for it. They can order it if they don't have it. But the also, I do update my social media, mostly Instagram and uh, Facebook, which is also at Frida the Frog, all one word. And just remember the word free in there, so it's, it's spelled right. <laughs> and, and in there, I also do have links to my books and also updates on new releases, on sales, and other things that we're doing. Great. Nadine Haruni, Free to the Frog, Gets a Divorce. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Great talking to you. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much. You too, Catherine. Thanks. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 